the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The day. Then we kick back and relax in the evenings. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Gaza. Israel has announced an expanded ground operation after knocking out communications and creating a near blackout of information in the Gaza Strip. It happened with increasing bombardments and artillery fire overnight. Israel's former ambassador to the U.S., Dr. Michael Oren, says there's a reason leftists in the U.S. and elsewhere have so quickly begun to blame Israel in the aftermath of the Hamas terrorist attack on October 7th. Deeply behind that is anti-Semitism. Why? Because it's an old anti-Semitic trope that the Jews have it coming to. Oren was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. The hunt in Maine for a suspected mass shooter is over. Police found the body of the 40-year-old man around 7.45 local time last night in the woods near Lisbon, Maine, with an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. The man had been on the run for 48 hours. This is SRN News. Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes, talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it, we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? If they do, we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes, weeknights at 5, here on The Biz 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. The Ramsey Show. I'm going to close on a new house, so I took a brokerage loan of $80,000 for the down payment. I plan to keep my previous primary residence as a rental. Nope, I wouldn't keep that other house. You're in debt up your eyeballs, man. You just fell completely off the wagon and rolled down the road. Yeah, I did. And you went to a brokerage account for a down payment. Unbelievable, man. You are really playing it. You're curling the two hairs I have left. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Live on the Biz 1440. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is aglow whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back. Second hour of the King Banyan Show today on uh, GDP Saturday. Uh, we've been doing the GDP report. We spent a little time at the end of the last hour uh, covering the consumption uh, and income report, or, or income and outlays is how the uh, Bureau, uh, excuse me, the uh, Bureau of Economic Analysis phrases it. But um, the thing to point out in there was was the fact that uh, actually three quarter three three months in a row real disposable personal income fell by by a substantial amount indeed if i look at an annual rate disposable personal income fell by 1% in a month in which consumption Consumption on an annual rate in a quarter in which annual uh, personal consumption expenditures grew 4%. To have a negative one on income and a plus four on consumption, what has to happen in the middle? Yeah, you got it. There has to be less savings. And indeed, if I look at the savings rate in this report, I go... I roll down, uh, the personal savings rate was at 3.4%. And as I, as I noted, um, as I noted, uh, in a, in a Twitter post using the hashtag pound KBRS, um, I drew a graph for you that, um, there's the real final sales. Desperate. I did not, I actually didn't draw this one. So there's the real final sales one. Um, but if I look at, Personal at, at the savings rate um, over the last period, three point four, three point four percent. I'm going to open up the entire table here, um, so I can um, get the full report. Um, there we go. The savings rate was in 2023. Here are the last five. The last, um, let's say, six months. April 5.2, May 5.3, June 4.9, July 4.1, August 4.0, September 3.4. So the savings rate has gone from over 5% to below 3.5% over the last six months. That's the way consumption grows. Well, eventually, right, eventually you have to get to approximately you have to get to zero right eventually you have you run out of money for people to be uh to be saving so if i look at the various data um i'm trying to find there's one more there was one more piece i'm trying to look at um the savings rate being this low is an indicator that perhaps this consumption spending is unsustainable. Now, 
having said that, let me point out a couple of pieces that would indicate that perhaps that savings rate isn't as big a problem for consumers now versus what it might have looked like the last time we had a recession. And I'm going to ignore the pandemic recession because that was certainly not demand-driven. One thing that, that operates against it is that people were able to free up uh, discretionary income the difference between disposable and discretionary is disposable income just takes out your taxes but doesn't take out payments that you need to make for, say, a mortgage. Discretionary income takes out those, would take out that particular piece of your income stream. If you've got auto loans, if you've got, if you've got mortgages, if you've got other payments that are due for debt service, for personal debt service, those are just subtracted to get to a discretionary number. There actually is a calculation for this, and you can you can dig deep and find it. I'm not sure I really 100% trust how they do this. However, I think it's fair to say, with all of the refinancing of homes we saw in 2021 and 2022, we might have slightly less disposable income but more discretionary income because debt service isn't as expensive for us now as it was before, you know, three years ago because we either bought a new house at a lower, with a lower payment or we bought or we refinanced our house. Um, in my own case, just got to the point where I looked at the amount that, was, that we still owed on it and said, yeah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and pay it off. Okay, in retrospect... Maybe not the best idea. Maybe I could have re invested that money instead and kept my kept my uh, mortgage. But my mortgage, I wasn't refinancing. It was at it was at about about four. I think I was at four and an eighth, um, and decided rather than refinance it, I'd just go ahead and pay it off. Um, that said, so we have a lot more discretionary income in my house, even though I look and say. My paycheck isn't getting any bigger, but I look at the I look at the amount that lies in the checkbook after I've paid all the bills and say looks okay. Because I have more discretion I have more discretionary income in my life. So if I have more discretionary income, I can certainly support um higher consumption even if my disposal income is slightly lower than it was a year ago. So that's one thing that might account for it. The other thing is just the site the psychological factor that there was some delayed pent-up demand from the pandemic that I think is still in the process of working its way through. Now, that part is temporary, but I think the other part, that higher discretionary income for any level of income you of take-home pay you would have, I think that might be a little bit more permanent, but I don't think it should cause the kinds of changes we've seen here. But it might make you more willing to run your savings down a little bit more because I don't have as big a, I don't have as big a mortgage payment hanging over my head. My my I paid off my credit cards, et cetera, et cetera. We're seeing people add back to credit cards, and I think the real I think the real issue will be as banks increase their credit card rates, increase their auto loan rates, in 
in step with what's happened with mortgages. And as people start to put things back on the card again, and all of a sudden they see that finance charge and go, oh, my goodness, um, what happens then? That's why I still think in 2024 we're likely we're more likely than not to see to see a to see a very significant slowdown in GDP. Negative GDP, I'm not as sure about. Would it be surprised, but I'm not ready to step out on that limb yet like I was this past year. Okay. But the truth of the matter is, in fact, I'm just gonna have you play go back again to this Spencer. I'm gonna have you play play again uh the first, uh, like the first 15 seconds of this cut. This was Blarina Yurichi. She's the chief economist at T. Rowe Price. Uh, she was on Yahoo Finance yesterday. Let's play cut 10 a little bit. I'll make you stop in the middle. The first impression that I have is that forecasting is really difficult. Be that yes. economist <laughs> or market pricing. We get it wrong all the time. And so let's be humble about it and let's admit where do we have more visibility right Stop. now. That's it. That, that I'm saving that because, you know, we should look for places where we have more visibility. I don't have great visibility right now, I think. And I, I like that visibility or or sometimes I'll use the use the word legibility. How am I able to read the data at this moment? One of the things that confounds it because the data have been truly confounding over the over the last several months. So I really appreciated that um, very much. It hasn't stopped people from trying to to do that though. Um, and in terms of the GDP report undoubtedly we had people out making statements about about what the economy looks like i particularly loved because it's this nice little 14 seconds of janet yellen the treasury the treasury secretary in the biden administration sort of laying out her case for what's what's happening particularly in financial markets right now now if you go back and listen to the show last week Go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Listen to last week's show in the, you know, in the podcast that's there. You'll remember we talked a lot about what's going on in terms of interest rates and and why are they high and and what's causing them to be high. Um, I liked uh, this particular fourteen second piece here. This is uh, Janet Yellen uh, on Thursday. Cut six. The economy um, is continuing, continuing to show tremendous robustness, and that suggests that interest rates are likely to stay higher for longer. And so interest rates are high because the economy is doing very well right now, that, it, that the robust growth is causing it, okay? But there are lots of confounding factors. One of them is the tremendous amount of spending that we're doing in the economy right now. There is a, there's a huge amount. And I'm going to want to talk about that. In fact, in fact, you know what, we're going to take a break right here so that I can get this set up for you fully and play some of this audio I have for you coming up next here on the King Banyan show on the biz 1440. Show. You're not going to like my answer, Daryl. 
Oh, boy. Either your house sells or you cut bait. I never tell people to own two houses at once. One foot on the boat, one on the dock, the dock's leaving. Your butt's going to get wet. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between. It really is so special and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Advantage Autoglass is your local autoglass specialist for over 20 years. Expect a lifetime warranty and no insurance hassle. Visit ReplaceMyWindshield.com. ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Welcome back. 651-289-4477. Number to call on the King Banging Show on the Biz 1440. Um, yeah, I I, I am... Um, here's one of the places where the, you have significant uncertainty right now is how do we know that businesses are out... Of, how do we know that households are running out of money? Um, there are a couple pieces I saw. In fact, I tweeted one in answer to Ken and Champlin uh on uh you, again if you use the hashtag pound kbrs you'll find it um if just search for that on x formerly known as twitter um you will which is how we have to call it now right we have to do instead of calling it just twitter we now have to say x formerly known as twitter 
uh, and just have that all come out like it's one word. If you look there, you will see I've just tweeted out to him this piece that was written. Um, this piece that was written by one of the authors, uh, uh, Hamza Abdulrahman Rahman, and then uh, Luis uh, Oliveira, um, who are looking at the rate of growth of um, the rate of growth of savings through the pandemic. I mean, everyone understands that there was this hump of savings. And depending on how you want to look at it, there might have been as much as uh, $2.1 trillion saved um, uh, up to, I'm trying to figure out where this ends. Okay, June. Okay, up through $2.1 trillion, just looking at the trend growth rate of savings in the last half of the 2010s and saying if you just extrapolated that out and then extrapolated that out and then looked at how much we actually saved and you can just sort of see where the cares money hits where the affordable the american recovery plan money hits um and and where the carissa money hits you can just see you know these huge spikes and then beginning late in the second half of 21 people start drawing it down and you just said What's the difference between those? In June of 23, you would have said, according to uh, Abdul Rahman and, uh, and Oliveira, you would have said, well, they're down to about $200 billion. They got $2.1 trillion in those three acts. They've spent out, you know, the shortfall in savings is $1.9. Now, I will argue that that $1.9 is probably an overestimate. Because, again, I think some of that savings got used in a way that buys out some payments that you would have had to make on higher mortgages or on credit cards or on auto loans. So that savings is probably accounting for some level of higher spending on a more permanent basis than otherwise. But do we know? No, actually we don't. But let me get to the other point that I want to talk about, which is which is what's going on with prices at this time. Um, I will let me. So I tweeted at, at you yesterday the the Atlanta in underlying inflation dashboard, which I love keeps track not of one measure but of nine different measures of inflation from core cpi all the way to a cyclical core pce inflation number and a cyclically sensitive inflation number that's generated by a a study from the national bureau for economic research uh, by uh, by uh, uh, jim stock and mark watson um and if I look at those data, none of them are within 1.5% of where we're supposed to be on inflation. So the core, the core PCE number came in at 3.9%. That's super core I cited to you last hour at 4.3. That number is only, is only 9 tenths of percent below where where it was at its peak in October of 2022. If you look at this dashboard, which is from a Federal Reserve website, 
you would have to say inflation is still running too hot and we got no we did not really get good results from this partic- from that that particular uh, report market based core pc taking out imputed pricing it, the imputed inflation that comes out of housing or uh, rentals and so forth that's at 3.6 that's as close as you're going to get you're still at 1.8 too high trip the dallas fed's uh, trim mean pce is at 3.9 whereas trim mean trim mean cpi from the cleveland fed is at 4.3 now that typically tracks a little higher than uh than the dallas pce one but everything else is still all over, all more than one and a half basis points above where it should be. And this takes me to the conversation that happened Thursday on um, on Bloomberg. Uh, the the Wall Street there's a Wall Street Week daily segment that gets done on Bloomberg. This is not from last night's hour long show, but from a segment during uh, during the the evening news that Bloomberg does uh, with Paul Romer. Paul Romer is a Nobel Prize winning economist. Um, a lot of the work on thinking about growth and technology that has happened in the last thirty years owes a huge debt to the research of Paul Romer. I I I take second to nobody in my admiration for the work he's done. In growth, um, like many other economists who win the Nobel Prize, once you win the Nobel, all of a sudden you're expected to have opinions about everything because you're now in the public eye. And like many others, uh, uh, Dr. Romer has taken Professor Romer has taken to blogging. Um, his his. Um, his blog is, I think, is just paulromer.net, if I remember right. Yes. Um, and he recently has taken to writing about the inflation numbers coming in. And he makes, he makes about, uh, when did he do this? Back in March. He made a discovery that, for himself, is something that, I will say, people who work with with BLS and BEA data all the time, who swim in this stuff, knew pretty, pretty significantly. He's tracking the data from month to month, and he's trying to keep a spreadsheet for himself. And the data he's trying to keep for himself is CPI. He goes to put in the new data, and he's like, oh, my God, what happened? The data don't look like they did before. What happened here? And he discovers he discovers that the felt that the Bureau of Labor Statistics updates its seasonal adjustment factors annually. So as I mentioned in the last hour, but I'll mention it again, the Census Bureau is the home for all of the research that the government does on seasonal adjustment. I, I, I'm sure there's there's someone at the Fed. I'm sure there's someone at BEA and some other places around the government who mess around with seasonal adjustment and every once in a while might say something publicly or write something about it. 
but the accepted homes for where seasonal adjustment work happens are the Bureau of Labor Statistics on the one hand and the Bureau of Economic Analysis on the other. Bureau of Labor Statistics relies on the Census Bureau to who creates a methodology that we've referred to we referred to in the last hour as currently it's called census x13 and then if you wanted the fuller version of that it's called uh census it's called x13 arima dash seats seasonal adjusted method that's a mouthful okay um Arima Seats has been around for 50 years, kind of. It is a methodology to do seasonal adjustment that we used before we even had spreadsheets. We used to calculate this stuff by hand. I had to when I was in college because, you know, Lotus 1, 2, 3 um, actually was published about five years after I left college. Um, the... The um, So he discovers that they've changed the seasonal adjustments, Romer does. And, and it has led him to believe that inflation is falling significantly faster than, than otherwise. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some of this interview that he had. Uh, um, he had, yes, just to give you a flavor for this, I want to play... I'll just play uh, the first cut. This is Paul Romer, Nobel Laureate. Um, cut number one. That's, that's the message. Nobody expected this. If we look back, we had inflation that went up after, during, the, uh, during COVID. The Fed raised interest rates. Inflation's come down very consistently. So that was kind of expected. What didn't happen was unemployment didn't go up. Growth didn't slow down. And everybody thought the theory was you could only bring inflation down when the economy slows. And that just is not true right now. So for the discerning KBRS listener, um, you will recognize that uh, he's referring to the to the Phillips curve. Inflation can only come down if unemployment goes up. Well, that's not always true. And, and in fact, Milton Friedman showed and uh, and Ned Phelps showed that that wasn't true back in the 1960s. Certainly, um, certainly Romer's aware of, aware of Friedman and Phelps. Um, and, and certainly he understands that, that if the reduction in inflation is expected, um, you would, if the, if the reduction in inflation is expected, they do that. And let's, let's, let's give credit where credit is due. The Federal Reserve has managed to go through all of these changes without having any significant change in the expectations of inflation in market participants or actually even in the general public. They don't, I don't, I wouldn't argue that inflation expectations are at 2.0. Neither would I say they're at four. I'm not even sure they're at three. They're probably somewhere in the high twos. Probably because it's an unobservable number. But inflation expectations haven't been that high. The reason why unemployment is able to move without a change, without a rise, 
the reason inflation inflation is able to come down without a change in unemployment was no one expected the inflation rate to stay where it was. And I think, I think in fact, that goes to the fact that the Federal Reserve has actually had more credibility than it's built up over the last 20 years. I'm going to play a little more of this, but I do think that, that some of this is from his understanding of how the inflation data have been much more much more positive than I think they are because he's using seasonally unadjusted data to tell his story. I'll tell you more about that right after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. For your love. Football Saturday night headed to the Rose Bowl next week. Chris Hassel with Mike Golick Jr. Can't wait to get out there. Coach Prime taking on the UCLA Bruins. Chip Kelly's squad going to go up against a Colorado team right on the edge after losing a 29-point lead to the Stanford Cardinal. Can they rebound out at the Rose Bowl? Join us this Saturday. Our coverage begins at 6.30. There's only one place to catch the live broadcast of this week's matchup. It's right here on The Biz 1440. Get ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with the hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. Not only do I have attention deficit, I'm also a functioning hypochondriac. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's Are We There Yet comedy tour. Those days I've convinced myself I need an ambulance. By the time I get to the phone to call one, I'm distracted four or five times. Join us on Thursday, November 16th at Celebration Church in Lakeville. Go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and save up to $10 per ticket. That's TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. The only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-949-8708. That's 800-949-8708. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you. And without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years. And it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. PragerTopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, PragerTopia Unlimited. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. 
Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for being with us tonight, today. Uh, I'm just looking. I was looking at something with an evening picture. Apologize um, for that. Uh, so we're hearing this this comment, and it actually came up, I think, uh, um, I think it came up uh, uh, from uh, a conversation uh, that uh, my, my friend uh, uh, Lewis Johnston had on uh, Almanac, uh, on on public uh, tel- Minnesota public uh, television last night, um, which was which is about um, how fast is inflation coming down? There are people who are going to be arguing that inflation is coming down very fast. Again, I think I think what's interesting about this is Romer is getting at this, is saying some what I think of as some very very interesting things. So so. Uh, but I think is being led by an analysis of the inflation data. I'm not going to, I am certainly not going to tell you that he doesn't understand what seasonal adjustment is. I'm not sure he's understanding exactly how the methodology of this seasonal adjustment works in that fact that it's significantly different. I mean, he might have a point. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm to be generous to him. The fact that you're that now three years of data that you're using to do seasonal adjustment comes out of the pandemic period, I'll be different. But if I was going to do what he, you know, that might be biasing the the results on inflation. That's true. But then I would argue the way to fix that, and I've been talking myself into trying to do a study of this um, over the next few weeks if I can find some time. Go back and use the 2019 seasonal factors. They're they're on BLS's website. They're they're not they don't disappear them. Go grab an earlier vintage seasonal adjustment factor and see if it makes a difference. I don't know that it does or doesn't. I just don't know. But but I'm gonna I, let me let me. This is why Romer is saying things like this. Let's play this. This is this was on Wall Street Week's uh, daily segment on Bloomberg Television on Thursday. Cut two. I think yep. that's right. So we yep. might have periods of inflation that are like the one we're in. Mm-hmm. We might have other periods of inflation that are kind of like what we got into in the 70s, mm-hmm. where expectations are not anchored and mm-hmm. it's a much more complicated process. And I agree with that, right? I, right. I, I do not think you can use 1970s era models. And it's kind of a wrap on, uh, on people who still stick to a Taylor rule uh, idea. I still believe inflation, the reason why I think monetary policy might be tight actually doesn't rely on using M2 money growth. It doesn't rely, uh, it doesn't, you know, which is supposed to be another side of the savings story. And it's the fact that money supply is getting tight and so, or, or that piece. I think money supply is getting tight only for the only reason that you have the Federal Reserve exiting the purchase of treasuries. And revealing what the private market demand is. Okay? It's not that the rate was 3% below here, not before and 5 now because the Fed raised the Fed funds rate. It was 3% before and 5% now because the Federal Reserve stopped buying treasuries. It's trying to shrink its balance sheet. So it is, in fact, continuing to tighten monetary policy. By the shrinking of, of, uh, of that. And it's interesting that neither Romer nor, I don't think I've heard Lewis talk about this, 
maybe maybe he has. I then I've just missed it. But but I have I haven't heard very many people. My I I'll credit uh, uh, David Bonson from the Bonson Group, uh, who has a wonderful uh, few podcasts, including uh, uh, DC Daily, uh, uh, the Dividend Cafe, his original uh, Capital Matters on uh, National Reviews uh, podcast site. All of those are good. I think Bonds is one of the few to keep pointing out, hey, the Fed's still tightening monetary policy by trying trying to shrink the balance sheet. Correct. Um, but that's not doesn't seem to be where, where Romer's going. Let's continue with this. Cut number three. Not just, I mean, it'd be crazy to raise rates at this point. I think they should start cutting rates and explain to people, within a year, we're going to be at our 2% target. We need to sort of get ready to level off because we don't want to keep descending when we bust through our, you know, our target level. And this is where I'm like, oh, my gosh. So why is he saying that? Because I'll be blunt. I'll go listen to, I'll go listen to Paul Romer read a, read a phone book. I love this guy. And he says that, and I'm like, wow, what are you looking at? So I remembered to myself that he had been blogging after every CPI report. I hadn't looked at it for a few months. And so I went back to look again and, and dug in, and he's insisting that he, he says on his blog this very thing. And I, I, tweeted, uh, I tweeted that to you at the hashtag pound KBRS. Okay? I, again, I'm not willing to say Paul Romer is wrong about this, but I think he's relying on a on an understanding of seasonal adjustment that demonstrates that he has he's coming to the conversation late and probably I'm willing to bet has never actually taught seasonal adjustment to anybody in a classroom. I have. I have. I've got hundreds of students out there who learned, learned and were wondering, why am I doing this? I'm almost Mr. Miyagi when it comes to this kind of stuff because I have them do it on a spreadsheet. You know, season on, season off. Uh, and um, and I, I, what I do with them is, is, is say this particular piece, which is uh, do this, which is, in a period of significant changes in the economy, your seasonal factors are going to end up holding some of the actual cyclical factors that are going on because of how you're doing that work. Now, it is less of a problem with quarterly data. I'm also going to say, because we talked about BEA data in the first hour with GDP outlays and income, BEA does not use Census X13. It uses it uses a different methodology. It's not clear that their data is is as bothered by this as 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 CPI is. So even if he's right, why does PCE give me really an even worse number? And the Fed doesn't even follow core CPI. Yet that's what that's what Romer's using. I find that wild. Just really, really wild. Um, he's then asked to comment on Janet Yellen's uh, remarks about what's going on with interest rates. And I want to play this. So they played this for him. This was Yellen talking about the high interest, about high interest rates. And so this is a clip they played during Romer's segment of Janet Yellen, who had been interviewed uh, by Bloomberg earlier in the day. Cut four. 
interest rates over decades had been coming down, real interest rates, and that there were deep structural reasons for that in part relating to demographics. And those underlying trends, they're still there. They're still in force. So um, I think it's perfectly possible that we will see longer-term yields come down, but nobody really knows for sure. But I, I see the higher yields as certainly, importantly, a reflection of a stronger economy. And this is a refrain you're going to hear from numerous folks. Like They're going to say that it's not fiscal policy that's pushing up rates. It's 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 maybe not it's not that Romer kind of is then asked to respond to that and does this is cut five the other thing I would emphasize is it depends a lot on what the administration can do it might be that in a better world they keep passing new infrastructure bills we make progress on clean energy we make progress on transportation all the things we need to do so lots more fiscal policy that might mean we need to have slightly tighter monetary policy so it's a little bit like back to the future of the like the reagan era of of loose fiscal policy and tight monetary policy if that means like slightly higher real rates i think that might be okay so he's admitting as much that fiscal policy being spending as much as it is might be okay. But if you spend the money on the right stuff, if the government spends the money on the right stuff, that might be okay. Well, proving to you that Paul Romer is not a conservative economist by stretching the imagination. Here, let me take a break here. When I come back, I want to play Lael Brainerd, who used to work at the Fed, uh, used to be the vice chair of the Fed, and now is the chair of the National Economic Council for President who's asked about the same question as Romer was. I want you to hear her answer, too, after these messages. The King Banyan Show, on the biz, 1440. Some days I feel so down, I can barely get out of bed. Is this depression? Mental Health Minnesota is here to help seven days a week with resources, peer support, online screenings, connections to treatment, and crisis services. It's anonymous, confidential, and free of charge. Whether you're living with a mental health condition, are concerned about someone you love, or could use some support, Mental Health Minnesota is here for you. MentalHealthMN.org, sponsored by Mental Health Minnesota, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. When I was a kid, the America I grew up in, we didn't have to pay for driver's ed. They wanted $250 to put my kid through driver's ed. I said, I'll teach my son to drive a car. We all know what it's like teaching your teenager to drive. Took that boy out for an hour, came home, wrote a check out for $500. And we've all prayed silent prayers in the passenger seat. You saw the truck, right, son? You saw that truck? No way, Pops. That was lucky. (laughs) But no one tells it like comedian Jeff Allen. AM 980 The Mission is hosting a clean all-ages comedy night on November 16th at Celebration Church in Lakeville. Don't miss your chance to hear Jeff's hysterical stories and his inspiring testimony in person. This kid was scary. When he had his learner's permit, we let him drive us to church every Sunday. That way we got our prayer time in before we got there. Visit am980themission.com to buy general admission, gold circle, or VIP meet-and-greet tickets. Buy today and save up to $10 per ticket. Do you own a timeshare? 
Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you're ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-890-5957 That's 800-890-5957 What is dedication? People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike and you didn't. I just created an environment where they taught themselves and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Looking to make a difference? Volunteer for your local fire department. Join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Visit MakeMeAFirefighter.org. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. 651-289-4477. If you have one last moment to uh, chime in with a question or comment, be happy to take that from you. 651-289-4477. So we're now to the point where we, we let's summarize where we are. We've spent we spent the first hour of the show today talking about a, a strong GDP report. Even though I think 4.9 is the 4.9 number is is inflated by one or two special factors, uh, particularly in in the investment, uh, excuse me, inventory investment, and what looks like some fairly high spending on on uh, services that are maybe a little more aimed at uh, uh, recreation and so forth. Um, higher higher ticket prices. Although, as I understand it. I was talking to someone who's trying to pl- fly uh, a group of people to Africa on a service trip in the spring, and they said my prices the prices of their tickets have come down substantially over the last few weeks. Um, so maybe there's something going on there. Um, I think that the economy will stay strong for a while. I think that Im- the government, in particular uh, Janet Yellen, is out saying I really think this is because of growth in the economy that interest rates are staying high. Uh, we've said that I think interest rates are staying high because because people are adjusting to the idea that the Federal Reserve isn't going to drop the Fed funds rate soon. And and the thing to watch on that is that countdown to FOMC uh, FOMC meeting page from the Chicago Mercantile Exchange in which you should look at the contracts for Fed funds futures, not for the next two meetings, but going out to the second half of 2024. There, the the 
uh, futures are implying higher rates in the second half of 24 now than they did even uh, four to five weeks ago. People are slowly warming to that idea, but they may warm to it more. Um, but that also is, has meant that Treasury rates have stayed fairly high, as we discussed last week on the show and, and, and continue to discuss. And are they going to peak and then come down? I think for some reason folks like Paul Romer believe that the Fed would start cutting rates sooner and should cut them cut sooner. We would end up just avoiding a recession altogether. But rates might be high because the economy's not going into a recession and a high and a and a faster economy might justify having higher rates, not just on Fed's funds, but also on treasuries. Leo Brainerd, who is now the chair of the National Economic Council, um, was the vice chair of the Federal Reserve, so she certainly knows her way around monetary policy, and particularly banking supervision is kind of her kind of her bailiwick more than uh, than uh, straight monetary policy. Was asked a question. Uh, she was at the uh, Peterson Institute for International Economics, giving a speech yesterday. Well, gave a short short speech and then received a series of questions from Adam Posen, um, uh, who's very very, who's another very good economist, um, uh, and 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 responded to a question about what's going on with interest rates with this cut number seven. Still too early to tell exactly what the relative contributions are, but uh, of course we have both um, fundamental factors that people have talked about as well as technical factors. So there's some changes in supply and demand in the short term that are on the technical side uh, that market participants are, are certainly pointing to as part of the um, story. And then in terms of um, some of the uh, more uh, research-based explanations. There's an effort to uh, distinguish between a potential rise uh, in that uh, neutral rate of interest, that long-run equilibrium rate of interest, and the term premium. Um, I think a lot of those decompositions are pointing more to the term premium, although it's probably uh, reasonable to su- suspect that there's a, there's a bit of both in there. And fiscal may be a part of that, um, Higher productivity may be a part of a somewhat uh, stronger neutral rate of interest. So she's trotted out basically four factors in the course of, of that was exactly 60 seconds of Leo Brainerd. Um, one, what they call technical factors. That includes the Federal Reserve's uh, quantitative tightening um, and the fact that the fiscal authority the, fisc- the Treasury is issuing a whole lot of debt right now because it's having to make up for the fact that when they hit the debt ceiling, they had to stop issuing issuing new bonds for a while. They couldn't issue a new bond unless something was retiring. Um, so they were they were caught in, in they were caught not being able to issue bonds. So they pushed a bunch out there. When you issue more bonds, you're going to get you're going to get some. Uh, you're going to get we issue a lot of new bonds. You're going to get lower prices, okay? More supply, price goes down, yields go up. So that's part of it. But then she gets to the other side. Part of it, and one of the things she says is productivity might be increasing. 
I don't think that's true. I mean, you certainly believe that. Certainly, I, I'm hearing that as a theme from more liberal-leaning economists that that all of this government investment should improve productivity. I don't think there's strong evidence for that. Um, there's anecdotal evidence for that, but I don't think on a systemic basis I, I think the evidence is that strong. Um, I think I think the forecast for future deficits is part of it, and she kind of gives you that. But then this last piece, this term premium piece, I think is it. What it's not and why why I've emphasized this is that inflation number might be sticky and might keep you higher, but the reason why the Fed stays high is it's holding on by a thread to a level of credibility, an expectation of inflation that it might not deserve from its performance over the last two years. People have been relaxed about inflation and treated it more as temporary than I than you and I would would have believed a year ago and the fact that that's there may mean that that maybe some of that term premium we're seeing is slowly that inflation expectation might be catching up to it but the data is not there yet I think it's still more to the case that it's the forward-looking to future deficits that's driving these higher interest rates, in which case Federal Reserve really doesn't have anything to do with what's going to happen there. Okay, so we've had a lot of coverage today. Uh, you spent a lot of time thinking about seasonal factors. Thanks for hanging in on that. But but the fact of the matter is the economy's still growing. We don't think a recession's happening in, in 23, maybe later. King Banyan Show, it is 1440. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Al and Mike as they'll be discussing an often overlooked piece of the puzzle, asset location. Making certain your investments and portfolio strategies are in the right accounts means more money in your pocket and your accounts. Alan Mike will tell you how to put the pieces to your puzzle together with solutions and strategies. So make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440 or call them at 855-231-6010. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what 
happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. The Ramsey Show. The higher education community is at best irresponsible, at worst con artists. They are willing to charge you any amount of money that you can figure out a way to pay that does not justify itself in the career field that the person is going into. Moms and dads, step up and stop this. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. live on the Biz 1440. Common ground for the first time in Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.